Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Hi everyone, it's Fahim from Boney, Kikobor. I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, we're back with a new episode of Bengalis of New York, and uh, I have Cam here with me. Cam, do a shout out. Hey everyone. So we hope everyone's doing good. So it's raining here in New York City today, but you know, the show must go on. Today we have a super special guest with us, a LA-based entrepreneur and artist, the founder of Naji Bone. His name is Kausar. Kausar, do a shout out, bro. Hi, uh, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the Bengalis of New York podcast. Kasser, happy to have you. Yeah, he's also actually an Instagram celebrity. I don't know if you guys follow him. Kasser, what's your IG handle? Uh, I'm really not, but my IG, <laughs> my IG name is uh, the Kasser. Um It's going to be T-H-E-K-A-W-S-E-R. Okay, okay. cool. So, so the main reason we wanted to have Gasser on because we had a conversation uh, maybe a month ago and I just loved his uh, passion for everything he was doing in in fashion, um, not just uh, not just the clothing aspect but also the um, social aspect. Like he, you know, the uh, he was very in tune with um, how cl- uh, the the fashion industry affects local economies and things like that for someone. Uh, so young, I just thought it was really, really interesting how much knowledge he has about, had about the uh, the, uh, the industry, and I would really wanted to have uh, have him on to uh, to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, super interesting because I, I mean, you don't really see a Bengali fashion designer. I mean, maybe in Bangladesh, especially not in New York City, you know. And um, his his line is very, very cool. It's not, you know, please don't think it's just Punjabis or like sharis and kurtas, right? It's not. Kasa, give us an idea of like you know what your design is and what you're trying to put out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's very kind of you. Um, you know, our our brand consists of you know a wide variety of clothing. You know, we um, our design philosophy is fashion for all. So you know, we always have um, you know everyone in mind when we are designing clothing. You know, we, we would like to produce something that can potentially be worn by you know just about everyone. Can you, can you talk about what your um, how, what was your upbringing? Did you grow up in California, and what was your uh, inspirations for creating Najibon? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the biggest thing is you know, um, place like LA is, is a very diverse place. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity everywhere. Um, you know, it is major fashion and entertainment hub. So, you know, I was deeply influenced by the streetwear and hip-hop movement just growing up and the impact that it's had on our culture. And the biggest thing that inspired me to start New Age Born was this lack of a unified standard of fashion manufacturing. Um, I was shopping at a lot of high-end brands in addition to, you know, more so fast fashion brands. And one thing I noticed is there really weren't any standard of how, you know, our clothes should be made. You know, all, a lot of these clothing companies 
um, we're manufacturing clothing in countries such as Bangladesh, and, and a lot of these clothing companies are still manufacturing clothing in Bangladesh um, and other nations, but they're not manufacturing clothes under a certain set of standards. So I thought, oh, you know, maybe through establishing my own fashion brand, you know, similar to the likes of uh, H&M and Zara, uh, Forever 21, I'm able to, you know, shift that paradigm and, and you know, present a unified set of standards. So that's interesting, right, because we all buy clothes, obviously, um, and we it, it, it doesn't really come to mind, um, you know, if, if, for, if not, it doesn't, it's some, not something we think about, like, what's the... You know, who's making it? You know, are they living uh, on a, a livable wage? Um, what sort of um, what sort of what sort of environment are they working in? You know, those are things we don't typically think about. But it seems like you've given that a lot of thought. Um, have you have you visited Bangladesh and have you um, have you actually spoken to some of these workers? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, my last trip to Bangladesh was January 2018, and it was absolutely a phenomenal experience. You know, I did receive the opportunity to, you know, speak to potential investors and stakeholders and most importantly, factory employees. And in fact, we actually hired on our first official factory employee, Rubeya, you know, and I had the opportunity to interview her and, you know, find out about her daily livelihood and, you know, her experience working in the garment sector I asked her what her hopes and dreams and aspirations are, and she said she just wants a more unuto, a more unified garment sector, one where she has the opportunity to mobilize upwards in society as opposed to being stagnant and staying in the same position. Yeah, that's really important. Fine. Have you ever... Uh... Have you ever, have you ever, you've been to Bangladesh, have you ever checked out, like, the garment industry? Have you ever tried to, like, get a shirt made or anything like that? It's a really interesting experience. I mean, there's, there's two sides to it. <laughs> I come from a family of garment producers, like, factory-wise. So I've seen um, how the factory work is. Like, it's basically, I've seen, like, the one I, the one, the factory I've been to, I didn't, I personally didn't like as much because, like, the conditions were not the best. But at the same time, Bangladesh is generally known for its tailors. You know, like you can really go yeah. there and have anything yeah. made by a yeah, tailor. Yeah, amazing. Like whose whose family has been doing tailoring for generations upon generations. And from me being, I'm originally from a part of Bangladesh in Taka called Purandaka, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard about it. And there's some tailors in Purandaka that literally have been tailoring for more than like ten generations. Like it's crazy. And wow. these guys will look at you, and they'll know what your size is. They don't need to measure anything, and they'll cut it right in front of you and, like, have something that fits so well that you never want to take it off. And, like, a lot of my Punjabis I've, I've gotten made over there. The quality is just phenomenal. Yeah. You know, and I, I when I go to Bangladesh, I make so many, I get so many custom-made shirts. I love it, and it's so inexpensive. And you're right, the quality is amazing. Yeah, uh, Kato, what, do you, what would you say to someone that says, okay, um... Yes, they're making a dollar a day. You know, that's a, that's something that you hear often. That's a stat that you hear often. But what do, what would you say to someone that says, okay, they're making a dollar a day, but a dollar goes a long way in in Bangladesh or uh, or a third world country? Right. Um, I think you know, statement like that, um, you know, lacks merit. Right. Uh, so you know, based on 
research that we've done, um, you know, something like a dollar a day, um, you know, does not go far at all, especially with inflation taking, especially with taking inflation into account and, you know, the rising cost of goods in Bangladesh, um, on average for, you know, family of four to sustain themselves, um, it would take approximately, um, 20,000 DACA per month, um, approximately, um, just, you know, just under 150 U.S. dollars to sustain a family of four, um, you know, at the bare minimum level, right? So minimum um, food, you know, minimum, you know, um, resources, uh, just, you know, barely scrape by. So, you know, dollar per day um, really, you know, does not go far at all. Um, wow. It's really, a, yeah, it really, you know, um, it, I think, you know, because, right, I mean, we all hear out of sight, out of mind. So because we're so far away from this problem, we have a tendency to um, try to, you know, kind of stay ignorant to it. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is just like educating ourselves. And, and you know, um, one uh, goal that New Age has is to, you know, bridge the gap between garment producers and garment consumers, right? The West. Right, right. Um, so, uh, just to back up a little bit, uh, what's your? Uh, how did you get in, involved in fashion? We, um, what did you, is that what you went to school for, or how did you know how did this fashion uh, grow about? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you ask. Um, so I was actually, you know, um, for university, I was in school for biochemistry. Um, you know, my, obviously, like many Daisy parents, my family wanted me to be a doctor, but I realized, you know, it really wasn't for me. And I decided to take a leave from school and, you know, I traveled, uh, I traveled to the Middle East, you know, I went to Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, I, I really tried to get in tune with my spiritual side. So I did uh, undergo Alhambrah. Um, and then I went to Bangladesh, you know, and uh, I mean, growing up, like I've always, you know, been into fashion. I've been, you know, at the forefront of the whole streetwear movement. I used to, you know, camp out overnight, you know, for different pairs of Jordans. Um, you know, I used to camp out of streetwear um, vendors, you know, like like Supreme, like the Hundred, and really just try to get my hands on in the latest merchandise so I can, you know, resell it for um, a profit. But, you know, after going to Bangladesh on this spiritual journey, I realized there is a major problem that needs to be solved. And, you know, that problem is the failure to address the safety and security of factory employees. And you know, that didn't just extend to the actual working conditions, but that also encompassed the wage and the benefits that many factory employees often get neglected. So, yeah, you know, um, all in all, I've just always had a lifelong taste, right, for fashion, a lifelong um, passion for pa uh, fashion. And um, I really just, you know, reached out to my soul calling and, you know, um, went for it. And, you know, now here we are, and, you know, two years later. Yeah. Right. It, it honestly it honestly is a spiritual journey coming from someone who's done the same thing, right? Um, I did it in previous episodes that I took a backpacking trip to balance as well. And honestly, just wow. changes your perception in life completely because you realize first how, like, thankful you should be 
for your life here in America because everything is handed to you, like from education to food to clothing. And then you go to a third world country like Bangladesh and you see people struggling to make $1 a day, $2 a day. And it really just makes you take a step back and just take a look at like what you're doing to make a difference. It changes your perception on everything. It, it's amazing. And I recommend everyone to do it. Like everyone should take a backpack trip by themselves. Not with your Amma Abu, not with your Tata Tati, right? Because they're not, they're not going to let you go outside. You got to go alone. And you got to just travel the country. And you got to see how beautiful our country actually is. And you'll realize what we're saying. You'll understand what Costa is saying right now. Yeah, I agree. It's amazing. Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed on your Instagram page, Costa, is that like you have amazing vision. Obviously, the the your product is amazing too, but you have this uh you have this plan that's outlined very detailed called Vision 22, where you talk about step by step, phase by phase, what you plan to do. Find that sort of outlook to be really impressive at a, such a young age. How did you have it? How did that? How did that? How does that happen? Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you so much. Uh, so yeah, the Vision 2022 is New Born's three phase plan geared towards its emergence as the world's new fashion brand. Um, you know, one thing I've learned, uh, you know, because I don't have a, you know, formal education and have had to educate myself, uh, you know, through mentors and, and through taking extension courses um, and conducting, uh, you know, personal research alongside my team members, um, I've realized the importance of vision, right? Um, I've realized the importance of planning. So, yeah, um, the Vision 2022 is essentially a blueprint for our emergence as the world's new fashion brand. Um, it's a five-year plan. Um, you know, upon our conception in 2017, um, we've worked, you know, towards, uh, you know, from fa- we've worked from phase one towards phase two. Um, phase one is just initial um, establishment as a brand. Um, we're currently at step seven of phase one final and this encompasses our entire, you know, um, launch, uh, you know, our soap route short film, our mini documentary launch, and most importantly, our Indiegogo campaign launch. And, uh, you know, phase two is our vertical integration phase, which we begin establishment of our parent company, Chibon, Texas, first factory in Dhaka. We pioneer the Made Fairly Index in phase two. And most importantly, we begin operations manufacturing ourselves in, in Bangladesh, which is going to hopefully, you know, bring upon the most change. Phase three is our retail brick and mortar phase. So a lot of people, I'm sure, you know, uh, you guys as fellow entrepreneurs have heard of the term retail apocalypse. So one thing that we've learned is the retail apocalypse is not necessarily retail dying, it's moreover, it's retail failing to address the experience that consumers crave, the novelty that consumers crave. So for our first brick and mortar store, we hope to offer a more experiential experience and, you know, we're going to pilot this brick and mortar through our pop-up shop exhibit, which is essentially, you know, um, an educational shopping experience, recreating factory working conditions in the exhibit portion, and also presenting the Noyeti Poland's empowered future of fashion. But all in all, the Vision 2022 is 
um, step by step, you know, blueprint plan to emerge as the world's new fashion brand. So if you mentioned the um, Made Fairly Index. Can you talk about that? So that basically, from what I understand, is it'll give people, consumers um, an insight into the um, whether the whether the company that makes the product has 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 uh, the background uh, around employee relations, things like that. Yes, yes. So the Made Fairly Index is a universal standard of fashion manufacturing, encompassing a minimum wage minimum working standards, and the minimum benefits that should be granted to factory employees everywhere, when we go to our local grocery store and purchase our favorite drink, we often find certifications such as Fair Trade, USDA Organic Certified, Non-GMO Project, and so on and so forth. And this allows us to purchase that drink with a peace of mind, knowing that it was made a certain way with certain ingredients. However, within the $2.5 trillion fashion industry, there is no universal certification for what an ethical brand or an ethical factory should look like. So in order to fill this gap, we have pioneered this Made Fairly Index in order to give fashion consumers a peace of mind and moreover give fashion consumers this option of choosing this empowered alternative and our ultimate goal with the Made Fairly Index is not only limited to New Zealand, but our ultimate goal with this Made Fairly Index is to ensure that other fashion brands, both big and small, also implement the Made Fairly Index in their business principles. Nice. Yeah, and it's you know, I was just thinking from my just a normal person that has an okay job that you know, want, that like clothes um, and wants to do good by, you know, factory workers. But then, you know, they come across like Zara or Express and, you know, you, you know they say they don't have the greatest track record, but you know what? You can get a T-shirt for under $30 and you can get a barometer jacket for under, you know, $60. And it's obviously mass produced and probably not, you know, made by people in the best conditions but you know what it's what i can afford right that's you know that that's but and you know what do you how do you think people should approach that it's like yeah i want to help and i want to be conscious of you know people's uh, working conditions but you know it's really what i can afford and you know obviously if something um uh if something has a better track record but you know it would be more expensive um or or it may not be so you know tell me if i'm incorrect so yeah yeah absolutely um, so the, the way the Made Fairly Index is designed, um, it, the consumer doesn't have to bear the entire um, cost that is then going to be distributed towards you know the producers. Um, the way we distribute the cost is it's the rule of thirds, right? So um, because we are going to offer our factory employees um, you know a higher base pay, for example. Um, if we offer our factory employees a base pay of 10,000 DACA for benefits and other amenities, um, that, you know, in itself is above the local Bangladeshi minimum wage. So, you know, um, if we, at 10,000 DACA, if we, you know, have 10, uh, 10 factory employees and, you know, uh, we pay them this base pay, you know, excluding benefits, right, um, what happens is we, 
even if our profit margins decrease, we are going to create sustainable prices for our consumers. So instead of paying necessarily $5 for a white, plain white, instead of paying $5 for a plain white T-shirt at H&M, consumers, we believe, we believe that consumers will be adamant in paying maybe $7.50 or $8 for a white T-shirt that's made to the made fairly index. So the increment that the consumer has to pay is very, very minuscule in comparison to other fair trade brands that, you know, um, essentially thrive on a business model in which they have to, um, you know, mark up their prices at least two or three times. We believe in creating a more sustainable solution. Okay. Right. Okay. Something like this was done, is being done by Tesla. I don't know if you guys followed it. So if you buy an electric car, the government gives you a tax break. So the beginning of this year, that tax break was cut in half to about, I think it was 2500 instead of like 5000 The numbers might be wrong. But then what Tesla did is they decreased the price of their car by $2,500. So in the end, the consumer is saving the same amount of money. They're just making a little bit less of a profit. Right? And that's, that's exactly what I think Carlson's talking about now. Make a little bit less, but you're providing better service. You're providing a better product, and you have good work. Absolutely, absolutely. Pastor, you mentioned earlier that you, you know you you didn't um, take the traditional tradi- uh, education route. Um, you said initially also your parents wanted you to be a doctor. So how are they? How what's their uh, you know, position on what you're trying to do now? Or are they more receptive? I believe it took quite some time for my parents to buy into what I was doing. But you know, given that you know I have been dedicating my life towards this project, towards this company for the past two years. My parents, you know, have finally began supporting what, you know, my my parents have finally began supporting my decision and they are completely on board and, and support me to the full extent. Um, yeah. So yeah. my parents are very... My parents are very uh, traditional, as most other Bangladeshi parents, right? Um, they really value education. Um, oftentimes, you know, my mom still tells me today, you know, she's like, hey, um, you can make a billion dollars, but if you don't have a college degree, you won't have any value to society. And, you know, <laughs> as I grow older, I start understanding, um, you know, the magnitude of her statement. Um, because, you know, my parents are both immigrants and, you know, have, because my, both of my parents are immigrants, like many other Bangladeshi parents, um, they were unable to pursue a formal education. So yeah. they understand the value of having the opportunity to pursue a formal education. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to conclude that, um, my, my dad and I actually have a deal as to where, you know, um, once I establish Nuyenchi Bone's first factory, uh, I am going to, you know, go back to school and, you know, finish my bachelor's degree, um, you know, just just so my my dad can, you know, that's a good deal. That's, that's a good deal. I like that. Yeah, deal. yeah, that's a good compromise too. That's a very good compromise. And, you know, it's just such an important topic. Uh, Kasa, if you get a chance to listen to. Uh, 
we uh, we did an episode on uh, I think it was our second episode called College or No College, and we talked about this. Um, and yeah, there's no right answer, and we talked about the pros and cons of 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 you know following your your passion and and, and having you know putting college to the side. Uh, you know, a lot of people, and nowadays also it's, there's other uh, avenues to obtain education. You know, boot camps and um, you know uh, fellowships and internships. Um, you know, college isn't um, as necessary, I think, as it was at one point, certain fields, but uh, but it's cool. I think that, that your dad's uh, compromise uh, is very, uh, you know, is, is, is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, Fahim, and uh, what else? I think we uh, we covered a lot. Um, uh, it's definitely an interesting conversation. Um, what would you say to uh, other entrepreneurs that are trying to, I guess, follow their passions and you know do uh you know do something similar uh in a similar industry like yourself absolutely um you know my advice to fellow entrepreneurs would be to first and foremost believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing because if you don't believe in yourself then the people around you will not believe in you um another Another piece of advice I think is very important and often neglected is, you know, uh, self-care. You know, take care of yourself. Make sure that your physical, mental, and spiritual health is aligned in order for you to take on every single day with the same amount right, of impact, right. the same amount of that's, that's, that's a very important thing. If you yourself are not good, nothing's going to be good. It doesn't matter if you make a million that's, dollars, but if you're not good in the head and you're not feeling yourself, nothing's going to feel good. And I think the last piece of advice would be just gratitude, you know, really being grateful for the small wins and acknowledging the small wins, being grateful for those that join you throughout the journey, even if they don't stay throughout the complete journey, just being grateful for everyone that helped you get to where you are along the way. And yeah, just I think gratitude will allow us all to reach a new attitude. Right, right. Great. Great. So, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, uh, obviously, we think what you're doing is amazing. Um, is there anything, uh, any uh, key uh, dates or events uh, that you have coming up that you want people to be aware of? Obviously, we'll share it on Instagram and Facebook as well, but is there anything um, you want people to uh, know about? Absolutely. Uh, so we are actually going to launch the New Age Born website um, in this next week. Um, we're very excited for that. NewAgeBone.com pre-sale opens on March 9th. For a limited time, you'll have the opportunity to pre-order some of our signature empowered campaign products. We have limited quantities available and are also offering a special discount, so don't miss it. March 9th. All right, so okay, and the, mm-hmm. everyone keep an eye out for NoJuvon.com, right? I'm going to go and buy some stuff, bro. I'm telling you. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Yeah, and I, I love that, you know, you're just like a lot of the uh, artists that are coming out, like Ani Khan, like you're really in touch with your um, Bengali culture also. You'll see a picture of uh, Kautar and Alungi in, on his IG, which I, uh, which I love. <laughs> I think the Lungi is like the perfect representation of of, of the Bengali culture. Uh, um, I uh, 
It is comfortable. I think more people should wear lungis. I agree. It's I, very comfortable. I will have it. <laughs> no, but listen, man. Tying a lungi is art, though. Not everyone can tie it. <laughs> That's what it is. We should have a video on uh, on Boney just on how to tie a lungi. I still don't know. Like, my dad ties a lungi so good. Like, there's no creases. There's no nothing. When I tie it, it's like a bulge on my stomach. You know, like, it's the <laughs> art. It's the art. It's the art. That's funny. All right, uh, Fasa, I really appreciate your time, um, and uh, I'm sure yeah. we'll see, we'll hear more but, from you but and for sure. uh, see more of you. Yeah, but before you go, Fasa, you gotta clear, you gotta clear one thing out. Did you ever try In and Out? <laughs> yes, I have. I have. Have you tried Have you tried Shake Shack? Oh yeah, I did have Shake Shack yesterday. I was right, craving so, it for some time. So yeah. the age-old question: In and Out or Shake Shack? Wow, that's a great question, you know, and I think, uh, you know... Um, he's both, so political, uh, Sam. Look at him. He's so political. Look at him. Look <laughs> he at him. is. <laughs> it's such a great he's question, you know? <laughs> he's going for um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like asking L.A. or New York, right? Since Shake Shack <laughs> is, uh, you know, kind of a derivative yeah. of Union Square Cafe. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, you know uh, what? You know, I'm going to say in and out I'm going to say in and out I've had all yeah, of this. What are you saying? I'm saying in and out What are you saying, bro? Listen, What's listen, wrong with you? <laughs> seriously, seriously. <laughs> no, I'm going to say in and out I've had it. I've, it was so good that I bought one back on the plane. Uh, I haven't had it like, yet. Yeah. I've never had it. So yeah. I don't know. I've never tried yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I also, yeah, also Shake Shack, uh, maybe it's because I've had Shake Shack, I've had Shake Shack a lot more, like, you know, it's one of those things, you've had it a lot more, so, and when you have in and out I also like, I thought the service, I thought, you know, actually, it's so funny, we can tie this back to what Gus was trying to do, but one thing I really liked about in and out is they, and I read this, they pay their employees really well, they, yeah, they I read pay that their too. employees I read that too. really well, and I really like that, and, and yeah, they make really um, uh, good salary, and the, and you could tell because the service is phenomenal. And I don't think you get that service from Shake Shack. Sorry, Shake Shack. Uh, so that's all <laughs> the reason I really like In and Out, um, and I like I like their company's model. They're not trying to expand super uh, super uh, fast, and they're there's they hone in on that their local market, and they have great products, and they treat their employees really well. And that ties back to exactly what you know Coach is trying to do. All right, Absolutely. all right. Still Absolutely. debatable. I gotta, I gotta fly down to California yeah. and decide that for myself. Yeah, yeah. Fahim, you have to come try in and out. We should go together. Just let me know. For sure, for town. sure. Money trip coming up real soon. soon. Yeah, don't worry. We'll good. come for the, we'll um, come for the Naraji One Fashion Show. Don't worry. Absolutely, oh, yeah. you have to come for LA Fashion Week. Um, inshallah. Um, but to answer your question, I really like Shake Shack, right? And I think, um. You know, it's because, you know, Shake Shack offers uh, more of a premium experience as to, you know, where In-N-Out, I, I believe, um, targets, uh, you know, uh, maybe, I wouldn't say, you know, a lower segment of the market, but, you know, it, it does attract uh, a slightly different market. And, you know, um, Shake Shack, I believe, is a more premium uh, burger experience. So okay. I love Shake Shack. Well, so we have a New Yorker that likes so, In-N-Out, and we have an L.A. person that likes Shake Shack. I, I don't. I don't even know what you're saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right, Gato. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it. We love having you here. It was a pleasure. I had a great time. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to you know my vision. Um, and thank you for you know the time uh, for making the time to have me on you know the Bengalis in New York podcast. Um, I will for sure give you guys a shout out, you know, on my Instagram, um, you know, upon uh, 
the podcast release, and you know, I really hope um, I really love what you guys are doing, and I really hope that it continues. You know, you your your platform continues to grow and flourish, and you know, definitely to conclude, um, you know, I, I know some other great people, um, you know, based out of here in LA, which I think you would, you know, um, you would you would get very, you know, along with. So I will go ahead and shoot, you know, them your way as well. Definitely, awesome, definitely, definitely. Thanks a lot, Awesome. All right, talk to everybody next week. All right, guys, okay, check out Nodjamon.com, so guys. All right. Okay, Don't forget to check it out. Okay, thank you so thank much. Thank you Louis. so much. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Thanks. Take care. Goodbye. The red and green I bleed is always in my heart. I, I do it for my people, always in my thoughts. I gotta be honest. With diamonds and pearls. Yeah, yeah. Bengalis in New York. All over the world, uh, it's the phony show. Uh, Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From the slang we spit to the gangs we with. It doesn't matter, we the essence of the Bangladesh. I say, hey, come on. Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From the slang we spit to the gangs we with. It doesn't matter, we the essence of the Bangladesh.